0: Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Welcome back.
1: So today's episode is for the person that I have been following for a few years. He is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram because when he shares content, he also often put references, which is something that I really appreciate because how do you really navigate in this health base? Like there's so much information out there and so much of it's not really backed by science. So I'm always happy when I'm getting a post in my feed from Simland because often there's a reference and I know this guy is really doing the research. So Sim, thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for inviting me, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, glad to speak with you.
1: So, Sim, you are extremely productive. Like, you've written several books: "Stronger by Stress," "Metabolic Autophagy," uh, "The Immune Immunity Fix," "The Minimal Fix." You have a podcast that's like pumping out episodes with like amazing guests. You have a YouTube where there's more than one thousand subscribers. Like, tell me how like how are you doing all this stuff?
2: Right. Well, uh, you know, I think uh, for me, it's uh, something that I just enjoy doing. And if you are uh, enjoying what you do, then uh, you don't really need like a ton of motivation or uh, that sort of like a willpower to do it. And uh, yeah, it just comes out like naturally to me. Uh, And at the same time, I'm also like, you know, very, uh, you know, have good systems in place in terms of my productivity and my routines, so that uh, whenever I do work, then I get them fa- done faster than, like, let's say, someone who doesn't have any uh, structure in their uh, day. Uh, so yeah, I think you know that's a kind of good combination of you know being uh, intrinsically motivated and uh, at the same time being very uh, good <laughs> at what I do.
1: Fantastic! I would actually love to hear more about that. We're going to talk a bit in this episode as well about uh, the immune system and the stuff that's going on now and how we can be more resilient. But like. I've been following you, and you are productive. Uh, Many people write about being productive, but you don't see them executing as much. And and your YouTube videos as well that are going out with like quiz content and so on. What are some of the systems that you actually uh, that you're following? Hmm. Uh, Well,
2: they're not like really fancy systems or something. Uh, It's just that uh, uh, let's say when I do. Wake up in the morning, then I start working, and uh and uh, yeah, I avoid, let's say I'm good at avoiding distractions. I'm good at going into the flow state, and then I, when I whenever I do work, then uh, yeah, I just uh, get it uh, done really fast. So yeah, I, I don't know, like there's there's no by by this time I don't have like any special uh, routines or magic tricks uh, up my sleeve. I just uh, do it, so to say <laughs> I just uh, you know show up, and uh, because it does, it's uh, like um like a muscle like anything else in your body your brain is always like you know adapting uh, and uh, wi- wiring itself uh, based upon your habits and uh, the you know activities you do and you know after years of doing this uh, even then you know like years ago i was already very uh, aware of this and uh, because of that i was you know very mindful of uh, how do i train my brain <laughs> to work and uh, how do i let's say strengthen this muscle that is you know the productivity muscle etc etc so now i don't really need to have any special routines besides just you know being able to avoid distractions and uh as well just show up uh, consistently
1: Sounds good so when you say avoiding distractions i'm um, get like the social media the email and that stuff do you structure your day so like you only check social media a few times a day and like you have certain days that you work on specific things or just like you wake up you just get at it
2: well i used to do it the more in the past that i would have uh, yeah like i wouldn't check my email before noon or uh, i would only do uh, my social media a few times a day but yeah like even even now i don't even need that so i can i can even like you know you know use it uh whenever i want to without really feeling that it's uh, starts to distract me uh, so to say so that um, yeah i don't i don't know how to you know explain it but it's uh, more of a matter of yeah like and you know your mindset about it if you're mm-hmm worried that it's going to distract you you're like neurotic about it you're afraid of the social media or you're afraid of getting some emails then uh, chances are it's going to wipe you out uh, much more whereas if you're let's say not worried about it at all and um, you're let's say almost you know let's say carefree about it, then uh, it's also not going to have that big of an impact on you whenever you do get distracted or something. Because, you know, we all get distracted uh, from time mm-hmm. to time. It's uh, what matters more is uh, being able to get back on track and uh, navigate your attention, you know, back, back to the task.
1: Got it. Cool. So you wrote the book, The Immunity Fix. And I think we're definitely in a time right now where people are talking about the immune system. Uh, you're also making a new movie about resilience. Tell me a bit more, like how you got into that, and like what are things that someone listening, or like what can I go implement after the two of us talk today?
2: Mm. Yeah, well, um, the uh, the idea behind the resilience and uh, strengthening your immune system came to me when you know uh, it was like last year, around the first let's say weeks of the pandemic. uh, I just you know realize that you know hey this is nothing really new or something is not very novel uh, per se because these kinds of events have happened in the past many times and they're going kind to of keep happening in the future so uh, yeah like we shouldn't like i was kind of surprised about how naive people were in terms of you know how could this happen uh, of course of course it could happen and uh, even worse things could happen so it was actually like a really good wake-up call uh, at least for the society in terms of you know waking up to the fact that uh nature and uh, like the world around us the universe uh, doesn't really uh, it's not on our side or it's there's no sides at all it's very indifferent and uh, neutral and you know what only what happens are these the events and we can't control these events we can only control our like our response and how do we react uh, to them so then that's where I started to write my own first book um, was a uh, in that year, was a stronger by stress uh, that talks about resilience and uh, stress adaptation, and uh, also uh, I was got contacted by uh, Dr. James DeNicola Antonio, who uh, I've you know um, had my own, on my own podcast before as, as well, and you know he was aware of my work and he had this idea behind uh, you know writing uh, some books. And one of them was the mineral fix that we uh, published this year. But uh, before that, he uh, wanted to kind of start off with the immunity fix because that was more uh, rele- relevant. And uh, yeah, we uh, wrote the book together. I uh, co-authored it, so uh, yeah, it's uh, been actually you know, doing real well. And uh, it's, I think, it's one of the kind of best, let's say, almost like an atlas or uh, encycl- encyclopedia for the immune system because it's, you know, talks about it from a really holistic perspective and uh, covers a lot of different uh, angles that, uh, let's say, average. Doctors don't really uh, aren't aware of.
1: And what are some of the things that uh, we can actually do? Like, what can I go do to like be stronger and be ready for for getting infections Mm. and so on? Like, because we are getting like viruses, bacteria in all the time. Like, thinking that we can protect ourselves, like avoid that. I think is kind of utopia. So it's a matter of like being ready for it, and of course, not trying Mm -hmm. to catch the the things where like Mm -hmm. yeah, there might be a super spreading event or whatever you would call it.
2: Right. Well. uh, there's your immune system itself has uh, different like categories uh, or classifications and there's the innate immune system which is the one that you're born with and there's also this adaptive immune system which is the one that you you know develop over the course of your entire lifetime based upon your environment and the the activities you do so uh, you know you, you there's not a lot of you can do to control your innate immune system uh, but you can definitely control the adaptive one, so you can always, you know, in, w- work on increasing your uh, resilience, keeping your uh, antioxidant defense systems uh, more active, and uh, these other immune cells also more fired up, if, if that makes sense. So, you know, for a good example would be uh, like these. You know, exercise itself has like a lot of uh, immunomodulatory effects. It also, you know, lowers the burden on your immune system by keeping you healthier. And uh, likewise, things like you know, saunas, heat exposure and cold exposure, uh, they also have been shown to have a very beneficial effect on the immune system and uh, upregulating all these different antioxidant defense systems in the body. And uh, even like, you know, in studies like Finnish studies, they've shown a lot of uh, immune, immune system benefits on, on, uh, on influenza by using the regular sauna. And uh, people who are, are doing some sort of this hyperthermic conditioning on a regular basis, then they see uh, like a reduced risk of getting the influenza, even as much as like, you know, 20 to 30%. And yes, actually quite, you know, quite effective uh, for doing that.
1: So is that before you get infected or also after you get an infection in regards to hepatitis?
2: Hmm. Well, I think that... The- when it comes to these, uh, you know, stressors, these positive stressors, um, then it's more of like a preventative uh, approach. is is definitely better because you know they're still stressful to your system. And if you are sick, you're uh, you know um, not in your best shape uh, in terms of your uh, immunity, then. Uh, at that point, it may be more counterproductive to uh, let's say, go into a sauna or do an ice bath because you're already sick and you're already in like a weakened state. So they are definitely uh, a much wiser approach would be to use them as a preventative tool and uh, And if you are actually getting already sick, uh, have gotten sick, then uh, at that point it's actually better to you know, rest and recover and kind of nourish your body, give your body the proper nutrients to uh, get over this uh, disease uh, faster.
1: And what about sauna? Because it's, uh, it's also getting big in Denmark. <clears throat> how often do you recommend, like the optimal sauna, and for how long? Hmm. Well, and there's the different sauna, kinds of saunas. I think uh, if you would just yeah. walk us through that.
2: Yeah. Well, the idea behind the sauna is uh, that it's going to cause this hyperthermia, uh, which you know describes the elevated body temperature. Above what is normal, and uh, anything that does it can cause the similar effects. So, like exercise, also mimics some aspects of sauna. Uh, but yeah, usually it's uh, just using the sauna is the fastest and most effective way of actually you know triggering this uh, hypothermia response. And um, you know, you know, there, although there are like some steam saunas or something, uh, I think that the regular heat sauna is probably the uh, you know fastest way of inducing it, uh, as well as like the infrared sauna that's also pretty um, effective in kind of heating up the body. And in terms of frequency, then, um, you know, almost, it almost seems that the more, the better, or the more often you do it, the better it is. Uh, because like in Finnish studies, the, there was one particular study about cardiovascular disease that uh, those who took the sauna more than four times a week had, a, you know, up to 60, 60% reduced uh, cardiovascular disease mortality compared to those who did it only once a week. And they also had a 40% reduced risk of all-cause mortality, like from all causes. So, yeah, and that was compared to those people who are already taking a sauna once a week. So imagine what is the difference between those who don't uh, take the sauna at all. And, yeah, well, of course, there's some, uh, let's say, you know, nuances that have to be kept in mind. Maybe the uh, they weren't actually particularly healthy and they just, you know, took the sauna and they ate like a bad diet generally. And that's why the reason why they saw this uh, big difference. But yeah, generally, like, I think that, you know, Taking a sauna every day is fine, uh, so to say. Uh, at a minimum, you would want to do it, you know, at least like once a week or something.
1: And, uh, how, long, and e- how And how? warm? is a question I often get. So when I talk to sauna about sauna with people, because I love the sauna, as people like how long and how warm.
2: Yeah, well, the temperature, um, you know, anything that you know, how you know, how fast you're, sti- you're eventually going to get the. Uh, Uh, the majority of benefits, uh, even even if you're sitting, let's say, like a lower temperature, it's just going to take a longer time for your body to heat up. So if it's very hot temperature, then it's just, I would imagine that the time uh, requirements are going to be smaller. So you're going to get the benefits faster if you're in like a really hot sauna. Uh, But uh, generally, at least research, you know, it's uh, at at least like 15 to 20 minutes is where you start to see these immune system benefits, that the white blood cells uh, increase and the other immune cells also get activated and you also turn on these uh, heat shock proteins that uh, have uh, antiviral effects and they also like repair misfolded proteins and uh, you know improve just general health so uh, yeah like at least 15 to 20 minutes is going to be uh, the length and the temperature usually in the uh, infrared sauna you can't really go above uh, 60 degrees celsius or 70 at maximum so uh, for there also you would, you know, have to sit at least like 20, 25 minutes to get the benefits. And in the traditional uh, heat sauna, the woollen sauna is, um, yeah, the temperature can go up to like 100 degrees. So for that, I would imagine that yeah, 15 minutes is going to be the minimal effective dose to kind of get the response. Of course, you can take it for longer, uh, but then you also have to, you know, you know, be careful with like electrolytes, dehydration. Maybe some people have a high blood pressure. Uh, so they still have to be uh, like you know cautious of that, but yeah, usually I do it fifteen to thirty minutes, and uh, almost every day, like I use on some days I use the infrared on other days, maybe uh, once or twice a week, I use the uh, traditional heat sauna.
1: and then the question often comes when I talk to be what's best infrared or normal? <laughs> right. sauna? Hmm.
2: Well, I do like the uh, the traditional heat sauna because it you know gets hotter and uh, you sweat more and feels more like invigorate, invigorating, um, but if I were to only choose one, then I, I would probably take the infrared sauna because uh, it's, you know, you, there's some unique benefits that you get from the infrared as well. So the uh, red light and the infrared, it's going to, uh, you know, have a more deeper penetrative effects on your body. So it's going to uh, stimulate collagen synthesis. It's going to help with tendons also improves mitochondrial functioning and uh has a, let's say some more unique uh, benefits besides just the uh, immune system and cardiovascular benefits that you get from the regular sauna
1: got it that's good to know. I've looked at getting an infrared sauna in my living room. Uh, I think it would look a bit strange, but uh, it would be pretty awesome <laughs> well,
2: I have a, like a small you know, kind of corridor in, 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 in my next to my room, and there's like boxes of books. and the infrared sauna. So it's a very compact space, but it's, you know, (laughs) but it does, you know, fills up uh, nicely.
1: That's fantastic. I've seen those kind of blankets as well, that you can lie in that are like uh, infrared saunas. Have you you looked Mm. more into that? Uh, It doesn't seem as cozy.
2: Right. Well, yeah, I think it's, You know, you sweat as well, so I think it's going to be pretty uh, disgusting uh, after a while there. But (laughs) I haven't, I haven't used it myself, but I think you know it still works in a sense that uh, it does elevate your body temperature, and yeah, yeah, you're still going to get the uh, hypothermia and the heat shock
1: response. So the whole like uh, increase in temperature. So we have one of the warmest days in Denmark, 28 degrees. If I lie Mm -hmm. outside for like half an hour in the sun, I will get sweaty as hell. Does that activate some of the same systems, or?
2: Uh, Well, um, maybe like a little bit, but uh, you probably won't get the like the heat shock protein response. Uh, You do, uh, you know, get some uh, UV radiation from the sunlight and uh, like you know vitamin D synthesis. So those things uh, will have already like the additional uh, immune system benefits as well. Um, but it wouldn't probably have like a cardiovascular effect, so it doesn't, you know, improve your heart function directly, as it would like in a sauna, so because the temperature isn't just that that high. And your hy- hyper- hyperthermia begins um, around like thirty-seven point five degrees Celsius, your body temperature. So you have to ha- have like a small fever almost. Uh, you're yeah. mimicking a fever when you're doing it, and uh, yeah, usually it's not going to happen if you're just you know sun- sunbathing.
1: No, got it. And what are other things that you've seen or that you also write about in the book that, uh, like, we can do to uh, improve our immune system? Right. Um,
2: well, I'm guessing um,
1: sleep is important.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, before I get to sleep, I want to talk about like you know just what uh, wrecks your immune system or you know what uh, damages it and uh, weakens it. So uh, actually, a lot of the you know the um, pandemic uh, did reveal that you know, the people who had the worst uh, outcomes of the uh, virus were usually metabolically sick. They were uh, basically uh, with metabolic syndrome, diabetes, obesity, uh, high blood pressure, uh, cardiovascular disease, those types of things. Uh, and those uh, conditions, uh, especially like um, hyperglycemia or diabetes, they do have like a negative effect on the immune system by like, you know, damage, destroying the immune cells and, uh, you know, not not you know, allowing the body to, deal with the actual infection when it does you know hit you so that's why it's very important to you know be metabolically healthy as well and it's one of the let's say the most direct uh, or the most impactful actually um, systems or levels of defense that you have your metabolic health and uh, that that involves you know being in a good uh, body weight not being uh, overweight not being obese and not having uh, normal biomarkers especially when it comes to metabolic syndrome so uh, low uh, triglycerides, low cholesterol, lower cholesterol, uh, lower blood sugar, lower insulin, uh, high HDL. Those are you know good signs of a metabolic health. And uh, also like nutrient deficiencies. So vitamin D deficiency is bad. Magnesium deficiency, and uh, some others like zinc, selenium, and uh, iodine. Those have uh, like a pretty um, powerful effect because like all your antioxidant defense systems, as well, like the immune cells, they do require different kinds of nutrients and minerals and vitamins to uh, function properly.
1: Okay. So do you what kind of supplements do you take if you're like, okay, now it's a pandemic, or now there's a higher chance that I'll get hit? Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: well, I do take like a vitamin D uh, supplement, D3 supplement uh, almost every day, because of, you know, in Estonia and in Denmark as well, there's not a lot of sunlight all the time. So uh, yeah, just for a precautionary measure, uh, I do, let's say, increase the dose maybe if it's in the winter months, and uh, if if I am uh, worried, if I were to be worried about you know getting infected, or if I'm, if my like vitamin D levels were low, like then I would uh, increase the dose as well. So you know your blood test results have to also be taken into account yeah. when you are supplementing anything. Uh, so
1: you do blood test.
2: I uh, usually you know at least once a week and once a year uh, I do like the blood panel. If I'm changing something or if I want to you know specifically know about something then I'll do it more often but yeah usually once or twice a year is maximum and yeah besides vitamin D I also take you know like magnesium because uh, it's very important and uh, it's also one of the most common deficiencies uh, besides vitamin D maybe uh, so yeah
1: and what kind of uh, magnesium so there's different uh, formats right
2: yeah well uh, yeah there's different ones. Generally, it's not like that uh, important which one uh, because they're all gonna have like some effect on your magnesium status. But you know, some of the worst ones uh, that may not do the trick are like magnesium uh, oxide and uh, citrate because they're not really that absorbed well. One of the best ones are magnesium glycinate, torate, threonate, uh, aspartate, maybe, and uh, yeah, maybe something else. But
1: the what? I think it's something magnesium metalate.
2: Malate, yeah, malate, yeah. That's that's also good. So those would be the best ones. Uh, magnesium oxide tends to be uh, the worst. So
1: Super. it's good to know. Like if you spend money on supplements, it's also spending on the right stuff, right? And that's <laughs> right. Uh, the whole supplement industry is a huge challenge figuring out what's like what is actually good quality or not. So um, so mm-hmm. you actually do spend your money right.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And what if you? Uh, what would you do if you got COVID? What would you do to ensure that you recovered the, the quickest, or some other virus infection? Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Um, the well, with the COVID or the cytokine storm was one of the bigger, let's say, trend, trend words uh, around there. And uh, actually, you know that there are certain like these inflammasome complexes that uh, lead to the cytokine storm, and one of them are like NL NLRP3 inflammasome and NFKB, those different kinds of inflammatory factors. So you need to kind of manage your inflammation uh, if you were to get sick, and uh, chances are, the you know, one of the ways the virus you know, works is by spreading the inflammation and uh, kind of weakening your uh, anti-inflammatory defenses. So one way, th- the Dr. James uh, did publish like these different... Uh, anti-NLRP3 inflammasome uh, compounds a, a few um, like before, like around the beginning of the pandemic he had like a paper and there are different kinds of them like, you know, quercetin uh, then there's like the spirulina actually has these in, these uh, kinds of effects uh, of course, like, you know, vitamin C, zinc, selenium all those uh, things I would, uh, you know, take as a supplement as well because they're just really uh, central for the uh, immune system as well. I would, you uh, I would for sure like you know drink water more. Uh, I would maybe try to sweat a lot you know <laughs> underneath the blanket or something uh, because the fever response is also actually like a natural way of dealing with uh, the uh, any kind of infection and uh, virus. so I wouldn't take like a sauna, but I would you know <laughs> sweat underneath the blanket uh, and drink a lot of water, take some of these uh, vitamins, and yeah, like hope for the best <laughs> if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, good breathing and relax and believe in the best. The positive mindset makes a lot of sense. What are other things in the book? Like what else should I do? So I got that. I definitely need to rest, uh, keep my weight. Um, I need to get the right supplements. Um, I need to put my body for some kind of stress. So like preventing like stress. I know you do a lot of cold water as well. So I'm guessing that's also part of the, the good stress.
2: Uh, yeah, Cold uh, also has similar um, anti-inflammatory effects and uh, immunomodulatory effects. Uh, So it's, you know, slightly different than the heat. And uh, yeah, I think it it can also be slightly more dangerous than the heat uh, or like with more of some of the negative side effects. So it's easier to overdo the cold than to overdo the heat. And uh, yeah, I usually do take like a cold bath, maybe, I don't know, a few times a week uh, or like a cold shower. And yeah, it's yeah still still quite uh, beneficial if you you know do it on a regular basis. So it kind of increases your let's say brown fat as well, which you know is for better metabolic health, improves insulin sensitivity, can actually help with like a weight loss because if you're like shivering, then you do uh, burn a bit more uh, calories as well.
1: Yep. And what else should I be doing? Say that uh, I'm one of the people that I have too much time on my hand not have to work too much. So I'm just like, all right, I'm stacking up all these things.
2: Uh, You mean like in terms of uh, strengthening the immune system? Yeah. Right. Uh, Well, one, uh, you know, exercise is obviously very important. So, But with exercise, they find that anything longer than like an hour and a half or something uh, tends to increase actually the uh, risk of the upper respiratory infections by two to three folds. Compared to uh, being sedentary, then that it does also increase your risk, but it's uh, actually smaller than overtraining. So overtraining can actually be worse for the um, immune system than uh, not training at all. But if you do exercise in moderation, like within an hour, uh, then uh, that is actually reduces the risk quite a lot. So you still, for optimal you know health and optimal immunity, you want to be doing some moderate exercise. Uh, but uh, overtraining is uh, probably not a good idea, especially if you're like uh, sick.
1: Goes back to that balance. Um, I saw you talk as well in Finland at the Nordic Biohacker Summit, where you talked about it as well. Like stress is good for us, but we need the right balance of stress, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Everything has a like this uh, positive and negative side, and uh, what makes something dangerous is the dose. How much are you getting? Uh, how well are you recovering from it? And uh, yeah, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So when I follow you as well, you're starting to, you might've done that for a while, but I started noticing more. Uh, you share a lot about mindset and stoicism and how like, what can we actually do something about?
2: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> stoicism, especially, you know, useful during times when you don't have like a lot of perceived control over things. Like you, you see the world around you, uh, you know, in shambles or uh, crumbling down and you really can't do much about it, then, you know, the only thing that you can really do is control your own mindset. And, you know, the idea behind stoicism is not just that, uh, but is one of the, let's say, the more practical um, values that you may get from it, that uh, you can only control your, in, in a world where you can only control so little, the, the small things that you do control have like a massive impact on your uh, well-being and actually your, yes, your productivity your results and success in life as well. So yeah, stoicism, you know, teaches you to, you know, start to see um, behind your emotions and develop better uh, self-control, that sort of thing. At the same time, also kind of strengthening your uh, mindset and uh, as well as your body, like cold exposure is a stoic practice actually, because you're doing something uncomfortable, you're putting yourself into this, uh, you know, yeah like a really uncomfortable situation but you're you know strengthening your mind and body at the same time
1: yeah so sim you've looked into like again as i started mentioning out one of the things or reasons why i really love following your stuff is because you actually look into studies and you often put those studies out there so it's possible to follow like where where do you got the information from you actually backs it up kind of in like the good way in academia that you put the references in. What's one thing that you're seeing that many people in the health base are saying, but that from your research is actually wrong, something they kind of misunderstood, and is a counterintuitive, or like actually not a, not a good advice?
2: Hmm. <laughs> well, that's a good question, because you can always find uh, something that backs up your claims and something that refutes it at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, like for example, you know, in, in animal studies or in cell studies, like eating a bunch of fat or eating a bunch of protein gives them, uh, you know, cardiovascular disease or accelerates their aging. But at the same time, if you take it to humans, then it's doesn't have like any effect. So it depends on what kind of a study are you referring to. And uh, yeah. But yeah, I think maybe one of the biggest ones recently has to do with, you know, you know, also this, like recently, there's been like, like this like carnivore diet, which, you know, t- says, you know, that you um, shouldn't eat like any plants because, you know, they're toxins and uh, they actually make you worse, uh, make you, they're actually, you know, harmful to you. And you would be better off by actually only eating meat, uh, which, you know, isn't, you know, isn't that really true because the plants themselves, yeah, they are, let's say, slightly have these uh, phytochemicals in them and phytonutrients, but those things actually have, like, you know, beneficial effect on the body through the same. You know, mechanism of this uh, positive stress so they you know activate the body's defense systems and increase your antioxidant capacity and uh, also have like some other you know beneficial effects on the on the system so, and even like you know in uh, most research just eating more vegetables and uh, eating different plants actually has you know better health uh, better health outcomes uh, in almost all cases uh, whereas we don't have any studies on the carnivore diet and you know that's how i think it's a very uh, you know it's a very uh, nuanced point in the sense that you know eating meat is not necessarily bad, but I would say that uh, eating an omnivorous diet is still by far more optimal for the vast majority of people who are like living in a free world than uh, they don't necessarily are, let's say, diehard uh, health fanatics.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, how is your diet? I know you've been doing the one meal a day um, for a while. Are you still doing that?
2: uh yeah on well, uh, most days i am uh, you know, doing some form of it so it's like a one and a half meals or something <laughs> so it's not uh, fully one meal um but just yeah quick uh,
1: comments for like the people that are listening that don't see the video sim is really buff uh, so uh, <laughs> so my fear i've always been a skinny guy and have a hard time gaining weight i'll like one meal a day like i'm just gonna get even more skinny um mm. i saw pictures of you earlier as well and you seem to have a uh, Body structure, like from back in the days, day, that's more in his mind. Except that you have a lot more muscles, so that's mm-hmm. definitely not the case. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, muscle growth is uh, or gaining weight and muscle growth is a matter of you know the right training and uh, getting enough calories as well as a protein. So we, although I am eating in a smaller time frame, um, I'm still able to hit the the required numbers that I need. And yeah, it's. We get that um, much
1: food down in one meal. Like I'm stuffing my face, and I'm like, like there's no day tomorrow, and I feel like my stomach is full, even though people say I often eat quite a lot.
2: Right. Well, I I eat like uh, slightly uh, higher calorie foods, so I'm not eating the uh, like uh, you know spinach or uh, <laughs> or celery or something like that. So yeah, I, I usually eat like uh, some, some meats and some uh, some carbs maybe on some days and uh, vegetables. Um, so yeah, I do eat like uh, all different kinds of foods, but yeah, like the. Uh, it's easier to get your calories from, uh, you know, some uh, beef or meat that is, you know, also higher in protein.
1: So, you eat beef, meat, and what else would like a meal like that look like? I don't think I've seen that many uh, food pictures from you. You're not that classical Instagrammer with uh, <laughs> the right. with the meals all the time.
2: Right, right. Uh, well, usually it's uh, maybe like a, you know, like a pound, pound of uh, like some either some meat or fish, uh, or maybe like some eggs as well next to that. Uh, with uh, some vegetables, broccoli, uh, carrots, some potatoes maybe on some days, and uh, cauliflower. Those are usually usually my go-to uh, foods. Yeah, so it's re- re- relatively like simple in a sense. So I don't, yeah, like I don't, <laughs> I don't have like good uh, pictures because I don't uh, do a lot of recipes. So I do just you know <laughs> the whole foods are in their just cooked form.
1: Fair, fair i definitely have to uh, try more of that um i do the 16-hour fasting most days but i kind of follow like what my body is craving in regards mm-hmm. to like do i eat before the 16 hours but often my body doesn't crave food before after 16 hours now so uh, mm-hmm. but the whole one meal a day is also inter- it also gives you more time that Perfect. you don't have to well, yeah. food that many times
2: yeah well it's definitely not uh, like superior for muscle growth so to say so it's definitely harder to build muscle with it and uh yeah, it's uh, harder for most people to pull it off. Uh, but yeah, I do it because of uh, the other time management and uh, I don't know, kind of <laughs> gotten used to it and uh, it's very convenient.
1: Yeah, cool. Other things that uh, I should do or the listeners should do to uh, strengthen our immune system so we are kind of like just ready for whatever comes our way. I like that approach being like, I'm prepping. I'm not scared hiding, but I'm mm-hmm. making sure that my body is strong and ready for whatever comes this way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, well, the one that we already touched touch upon is the uh, innovative fasting. So uh, that also actually has you know, beneficial effects on the immune system, uh, this preventative effect again. And in nature, like animals also, uh, when they get sick, then they usually you know, stop eating and, uh, until they get well. So it's a natural response, just, uh like desire or lack of hunger when you uh, get sick. And, but at the same time, you know, it also has more direct effect on the immune system by you know lowering inflammation and also boosting some of these uh, immune cells uh, white blood cells for example and uh, one clear thing to like slow down the immune system aging is to deal with these uh, senescent cells that accumulate you know se- zombie cells as they're called these senescent cells—they're uh, spreading this inflammation and, uh, you know, not really doing anything else, just damaging the healthy cells. And uh, you know, as we get older, the more senescent cells we, you know, accumulate. And one of the ways to get rid of them is through like fasting. Fasting uh, does it. Plus, there's like different uh, compounds as well, like uh, quercetin and fisetin, for example. But uh, yeah, like fasting is one of the more uh, natural ways of doing so. Mm.
1: Fasting yes. Is- it's cheap. It's easy. It's uh, I guess whether you call it biohacks or whatever it's one of the things that I'm definitely a big fan of. Again, because mm-hmm. it's something everyone can like implement. It's not tied up to whether you have a lot of money to buy like a sauna or a hyperbaric oxygen chamber or something else. Still haven't, right. don't have any friends yet with a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, but uh, it's high on the list. Mm. Right. What I What are some of? Because of, like. You're very much in the Nordic uh, region of, like, uh, the. when I talk about biohacking, I often see that we in the Nordic have more of a focus on the natural part and more, like, not just, uh, what do you say, um, uh, gadgets with, like, bling, bling, but, like, what can we actually do? What are some of the top natural things that we haven't talked about?
2: Right. Right. Well, I don't know. Maybe uh, the most natural thing is to just uh, go into a forest and uh, spend time there. So that's like called forest bathing. And uh, it also has been found to have um, beneficial effects on like both stress and the immune system. So, uh, yeah, spending time in nature is pretty relaxing and uh, has a positive effect on the body and the mind. So, you know, the reasons why, you know, maybe it has to do with some of the grounding effects so that you're less surrounded by these electronics, um, but as well as maybe fresh air. Just good uh, visuals, uh, that sort of thing. So the kind of mind plays a b- pretty big role in just the overall state of the body when you are in nature.
1: Yeah, I definitely love doing that as well. I talked to Timo the other day on the podcast as well, and he was also talking about very much about nature. Uh, he talked about nettles as well as being something that he was a fan of. It's, mm. it's fantastic with the yeah. plant medicine, what you can actually get out of a natural plant. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. Like these wild herbs are uh, also pretty, um, you know, strong, <laughs> or they have more of these toxins, and because of that, they also have, you know, a bigger immunomodulatory effects on the body. Of course, you can overdo them, and yeah, but in like this medicinal t- dose, is, they actually yeah, have been used for you know centuries.
1: Yeah, you're making a movie right now about resilience. Tell me a bit more about that. I've seen yeah, well, it's uh, a few clips that looks cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's the plot behind it, and so
2: on? Right. Well, the uh, the plot or the idea is this: uh, stronger by stress. So it's uh, called named after the book, and uh, we're just talking about the same topics. You know, resilience uh, through the lens of biohacking. How do you, you know, do with this? Honor, cold, fasting, a diet, exercise, um, all the other things, stress management, uh, meditation, mindfulness, uh, all those things uh, into. You know, you're uh, enhancing yourself and uh, making yourself uh, stronger both physically and uh, mentally and we you know uh, involved uh, a, a lot of the people from the Finland uh, in the biocare center and yeah it's expected to come out maybe later this summer or maybe like early uh, fall
1: yeah looking forward to seeing that I'm curious about um, what's something you've been surprised about in this uh, health journey that you've been on something where are like okay that didn't make sense at the uh, at, like the first look at it, but it actually, is quite powerful.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. Like, how big of a role the mind has? You know, your mental state and uh, your uh, yeah, your mindset. How how big of an effect does that have on, let's say, for your immune system? Uh, or your stress levels so yeah it's a pretty pronounced like even in some studies find that if you believe that stress has like a negative effect on you then it actually will (laughs) whereas if you don't believe that then it uh, doesn't or at least like the effects are not going to be smaller so you know goes to show how big an effect your as a mindset and perception on the reality actually you know manifests itself if you are Mentally scared of something much more then your body is going to also re- overreact to it, and you know you're going to experience more negative side effects uh, from that perception, not necessarily from the reality. So your perception has you know a direct effect on like you know the physiological state of your body.
1: Yeah, this really known uh, TED talk as well. I don't remember the name, but a woman that talks about how she was telling a lot about stress and how she realized afterwards that she was probably part of killing people in regards to making them more afraid of stress instead of actually seeing Mm. how stress can be positive. And just as you're saying, like, the way that you look at stress has a big impact on how it affects you. I think that's extremely fascinating. And also, I think this whole uh, situation we have right now with, like, how we're making people extremely scared and so on, and we're not focusing on how to build up the body instead. I think that mm. is, yeah, mind-blowing, in regards to what results we would have if we were focusing on a positive mindset, positive, yeah, the stuff that we can actually do. Absolutely. So, but yeah, many things to work on. So Sim, time is running. Uh, I would love to have you for like five more hours and just pick your brain. Uh, But I know I'll be uh, seeing you at uh, the next conferences and so on. I often end up asking uh, the guests about uh, one to three final advice on how to live a happy, healthy, meaningful life. You probably touched on some of them right now, but like what are your top things for yeah for showing up and being the person that you are
2: mm-hmm. um well <laughs> yeah that's a good question i think uh first the first thing uh would be to you know have some sort of uh let's say goal or uh like a purpose type of thing because you know that's kind to give you like a bigger sense of meaning. And uh, with that, you will also have, let's say, more willpower, you're going to get less tired and doing things. And you will also be happier, probably, like if you're, you know, pursuing your dreams and uh, things like that, then um, it doesn't feel like you're working. And uh, yeah, everything else, you know, you have just a more enjoyable time uh, doing what you do. When it comes to health, then uh, maybe for health, it would be uh, just just maybe uh, eat a bit of fasting probably <laughs> because you know you can learn a lot about uh, doing that. you can learn a lot about your body, you can learn a lot about, about your uh, how, how different th- things affect you and uh, that has like a just positive effect not only like in your health but you know, just uh, mindfulness in general. And lastly would be yeah maybe like meditation uh, something like that to uh, you know teach your mind to uh, be more present. And uh, also you just manage stress and be calm or more relaxed.
1: Well, I like it. Those are definitely things that I live by as well. So I get curious when you say like uh, I have a purpose and someone might be listening to the podcast and be like, how can I work with them? So there's different ways with do books and so on, but like the short version of uh, where your purpose is and what you like to build. So someone might be able to help in that.
2: Right. Uh, well, it's uh, something uh, that is very... Uh, the, like the purpose is to always follow the purpose, <laughs> or <laughs> whatever it may be. So it's uh, never like this very uh, stagnant thing. It may change, and uh, yeah, you you, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't feel uh, like let's say intimidated by not having a purpose or something. You may develop it, but you have to kind of have at least some uh, navigation point or some sort of an anchor <laughs> that is uh, directing you.
1: Got it. Where can people find out more about you? What's the best places to go follow? So I already revealed that I follow you on Instagram and really enjoy your post.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm Seebland on all the social media platforms, and uh, my website is also uh, seebland.com.
1: Yeah. And you do you both you've written several books that people can read. You have some online courses and do some coaching as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, all on the website seebland.com.
1: Super. So if anyone is interested, that's the place to uh, to go find it. Sim, I really appreciate uh, your time here on the podcast. I look forward to try to implement more of this that this year. So thank you so much yeah. for coming on.
2: Yeah, my, my, my
1: pleasure.